From our studios in the Southern Food and Beverage Museum in New Orleans, welcome to our special Louisiana Eats podcast series, Tammany Taste Quick Bites. I'm Poppy Tooker. Every Saturday morning, the Covington Farmer's Market delivers a delicious dose of family fun right in the heart of downtown. Farmers, chefs, musicians, and foodies come together to celebrate the bounty that is Louisiana food. Widely considered to be one of the best markets in the state, it's also one of the oldest. Founded in the mid-1990s, long before the farm-to-table craze began, the market was hardly an overnight success. It took years of hard work from countless people. On this podcast, we speak with three individuals who were instrumental in getting the Covington Farmer's Market off the ground and shaping it into what it is today. The first two are a pair of sisters who sat down with us in Covington. I'm Ann McKenzie Mellon. And I'm Jan Biggs, and we're of the Covington Farmer's Market. The third person joined us via Zoom from his home in Maine. My name is Bo Gallup, and I was the co-founder with Kay Fallon of the Covington Farmer's Market. We begin with Bo Gallup, who played a pivotal role as market director before his move north in 2006. He came on board as a volunteer when the farmer's market was launched around 1995. Well, my father moved down around 1975 or something like that and, and moved to Covington. And I followed him, and I loved Covington, and I loved small towns, and I loved agriculture. And so all those things were dear to me, and the farmer's market idea seemed like a perfect fit. And I've always had a sort of soft spot for community building, so the Covington farmer's market was an outlet for that. Bo credits former Mayor Keith Villery and Covington Downtown Development Director at the time, Jan Roberts, for dreaming up the idea and getting the ball rolling. And they, they got in touch with me and Kay Fallon. Kay from Fallon Realty and Kay's an old-time Covingtonian. And we agreed to volunteer and <clears throat> manage the market. We said we would do it. And, you know, that started a, a kind of bumpy road for a few years until we finally started going. While the market was well-received in its initial years, it struggled to find its footing in the community. Jan Biggs remembers what it was like when she first started working for it in 1998. When I came, there were probably about 10 vendors or so. New Orleans had just had started about the same time. So the whole thing of farmer's market was brand new, and people weren't used to going to yeah. a farmer's market. So, uh, and Bo Gallup was totally involved with getting it going. He asked me if I'd come there and help out. He was trying to think of ways to get people to come. Because at the time, you know, I'm, I'm not kidding, we really had maybe about 10 vendors, a lady that made pies, a guy that brought in vegetables from Folsom, but they were a week old, so everything was huge. <laughs> you, know, <they'd, laughs> you know, things just weren't quite, and the vendors would quit. And so he was trying to think of ways to keep the vendors. So he decided to start having music. So we just asked local friends who knew how to play. 
come. And then he thought of, well, let's see, that's not quite enough. Let's get restaurants out here and feed them, the vendors, <laughs> and try to keep them. We were trying to think of what we could do to kickstart the market. And we decided to hire Dan uh, Gill, the garden guru. We got him to come do a radio program from the market. Dan Gill's popular program, The Garden Show, aired then, as it does today, on WWL. Getting Gill to broadcast live from the market on Saturday mornings helped spread the word. Yeah, and we got, it became sort of a hallmark of the farmer's market that we had. We tried to have every week a cooking demonstration. And over the years, we had all the great chefs, Leah Chase and John Besh and Chris Caragiorgio from La Provence. And I think he was the cooking demonstration on this sort of what I'm calling infamous Dan Gill Day, where we kind of had a coming out party. I think it was Chris Caragiorgio who did the cooking demonstration. And I think it was the Abita Strings. And they provided the music. And we just made it a party. And, and I called up all the vendors that we had ever had through the couple of years we had been in existence. And I pleaded with them to come out and promised them that, that they'd have a good crowd. And so we kind of gambled, we, you know, sort of shot for the moon. And as it turned out, it was a beautiful day and we had great cooking and great music and great vendor turnout and a great crowd. And that sort of catapulted us into a successful future. People started slowly coming, and then it just all of a sudden, between music and food demonstrations and newer vendors coming in that had a better, that started understanding how to grow for people and for restaurants, that's when it really started to change. And we went from having just 10 vendors to probably about 15, and then the next thing you knew, it doubled in size. But our market really was a, a special little place. We were on grass. We weren't on a parking lot, you know, and we had trees. So it made it a, a pretty inviting place. And I think with the tables and chairs and music, too, it just gave it a, a, a real community feel, you know, that you could tell the people were coming every Saturday and sitting at their table and eating their muffin and, you know. Having a good time. Having a good time and, and, and interacting with the community. Well, it's always such a wonderful thing on an early Saturday morning to go to that Covington Market and see you two sisters on the job. <laughs> and how did you get folded into the project, Anne? I just started going to the farmer's market, and then I was volunteering, helping out, making coffee and selling T-shirts and this and that. But Jan is the driving force of the market. There's no question about that. Well, Ann and Jan were and are great supporters and great. Uh, without them, I'm not sure the market would be what it is today. Jan started volunteering for me back in the early days of the market. And she volunteered one weekend and then she said she would volunteer again, just helping me out. And then she kind of said, well, I can do this every weekend if you want. And that was fantastic because it gave me an extra hand trying to 
just, you know, it's a lot of grunt work, moving tables and moving the sound system and calling up people and doing our site visits. And it doubled our manpower, having Jan on hand. Then Anne brought her theatrical nature to the market and did many of our public announcements and stuff and introduced musicians and encouraged tips for the musicians. And you know, we had we had great musicians at the market. And part of that was because we encouraged tips and CD sales. And Anne was a big part of the promotion of that stuff. And Jan just, you know, everyone makes friends with Jan easily. And, and uh, she was, you know, again, instrumental to the market. I've really got to give all the credit to Bo, to be honest. Yeah. He's the one that had the vision. And I've always thought, and I don't know why this is going to sound kind of funny, but I followed his vision. Someone else might have done something, and then the next thing you know, it would have been. But I just, I always thought what he was doing was the way a farmer's market should be. And New Orleans was help, helpful in that way. I think they think they might have led us our way, but they really didn't. Yeah. But they think they did. But anyway, <laughs> they really did. And we had our own mind about what we did. And, and I still do. But I do give the credit to Bo because um, he just always knew to keep it in food and in produce and in, and in education and in community. Bo, tell me about how you sourced vendors. Let's talk about the actual nuts and bolts of how you put that market together. Well, anyone who's run a farmer's market, and I guess there are not many of us, would tell you if they're good managers, it's a tough juggling act because you want to have a lot of vendors, but you don't want to saturate any of your sub-markets with too much of a given product. So if we had a flower vendor, we tended to want to protect that flower vendor until he or she was up and running and and we felt like we could use a second flower vendor. So that's, that's really important because you have to be loyal to your vendors. And we always did site visits. When Jan Biggs joined the market, you know, one of the things we did was go together on site visits and anytime someone applied to the farmer's market we went out and saw their operation and made sure that you know we never really had a problem with this but made sure that they were producing what they said they were producing and then as we became popular it really wasn't a problem attracting vendors it was a problem putting limits on vendors and again that was really just trying to make sure that we didn't saturate the market with vegetables or flowers or prepared foods or breads or whatever. The way I try to do it is, especially with with produce, you almost can't have too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be a balance, so you can have too much because you don't want them all. Because that's what happened in the beginning. A lot of produce came, and if they didn't sell it all, and then so then they'd quit. And so, so I've always tried to balance so that um, everybody can make some money. You know, the life of a farmer is really not easy. And um, to find someone, you'll find someone who thinks they want to do it, and they'll come and send up an application, and then I never hear from them again. 
because their first crop probably failed or who knows. Mm -hmm. And um, so to become a really successful farmer is not easy. I remember Bo used to always say, whatever you do, don't count up your amount of time spent in the garden and how much money you made. Whatever you do, just do it for the love. And of course that is, a farmer is not gonna make it unless he loves what he's doing. And we always kept crafts out of the market, so it's only a food market. You know, that is so important because you, you, you have to stay focused on food. Right. I totally agree with that. I always said, I used to just say, if you're buying a pair of earrings, you're not going to be buying lettuce because you don't have any money left. <laughs> so I would rather them buy the lettuce and then go somewhere else and get the earrings. So that was always my point of not having crafts. I mean, I loved seeing vendors sell out. Well, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like them selling out because I wish they had prepared more food or more vegetables. But I loved their success. And so that was always nice to see vendors have a good day. I think the farmer's market, you know, helped bring a focus that was already evolving onto, you know, local agriculture. Um, that was a trend that was already starting. But I think the Covington farmer's market brought it home. And I think it influenced a lot of people, the importance of buying local. And uh, I think it, I think we affected a lot of vendors. I mean, we, we create, I mean, it was our goal to create businesses. I mean, so it wasn't just a love fest or huggy, you know, huggy, lovey kind of whatever. The goal at the end of the day was to make people money. And I think we did that. And I think we incubated a lot of businesses. came to an end in 2006 when Bo moved away from Covington to direct a nonprofit organic farm in Maine. Jan took over just when things were heating up. When he left, all of a sudden, the market just like exploded. <laughs> you know, it got so big. The way it's changed, I would say, is that we have more prepared food than we ever did. Because I, my main focus is produce. That is now the hardest thing to get, <laughs> you know, you would think, but you know, because of the way the life is now, people want prepared food. Yeah, they don't want it. They, we're, right. We want them to <laughs> buy that fresh produce yeah. and yeah. they want to buy it already cooked. cooked. Yeah. <laughs> but luckily most of the people that cook at the market use the produce at the market. Norma Jean, she only uses produce from the market when she's making her wraps or whatever, you know. And with the uh, prepared food, I just try to have one of everything, except things like bread and sweets, because they're definitely different. And then every kind of food from, now we got this new fried chicken guy who's unbelievable. He makes fried chicken and waffle sandwiches or something on Saturday mornings, you know? And then we have a guy that does nothing but vegan stuff, and it's just phenomenal. His name is Johnny, and... Um, and he cooks right there on the spot. We used to not let anybody cook on the spot. And, but we let, because to me, it always just seemed like it was a food court, and I wanted it to be a farmer's market. But now if you go into a grocery store, they're cooking in the grocery store. So it's just... You can go to the grocery store today and leave with a basket full of groceries exactly. and not have to cook a darn a thing. Darn thing. Yeah. That's, so that's pretty much how it is. What are you looking for in a vendor these days? If, if you had advice for vendors coming up or 
farmer's market wannabes, what are the sorts of things that you're looking for and that customers are looking for? Well, right now we're almost not looking for anything. We pretty much have it all. You know, it used to be, I'd say mushrooms, pasta, you know, yeah. but you pretty much have someone making almost everything. Um, what I'm looking for is someone who can come every Saturday, rain or shine. I understand if they don't come and it rains, but it's rain or shine. I'm there. I always say, I'm there. So, you, you know, if you don't want to come, that's okay, but we're there. New Orleans has a whole staff. Our farmer's market is me. That's it. <laughs> and basically, and then I have a man that comes and helps me every Saturday since we, since Bo left. And I've now, uh, and Ann, of course, was integral. Seasonality remains the market's greatest hallmark. There's always something delicious to celebrate. Late winter strawberries, early spring lettuces, and vine-ripened tomatoes with blueberries, peaches, and okra center stage in summer before Satsuma's Herald Falls arrival. Certainly, I mean, one thing with the farmer's market, with any farmer's market, is you get to appreciate the seasons. And that's part of the whole farmer's market experience. So when green beans would come in season, I would go nuts for green beans, particularly if they were Caraco there, the slender little French green beans. And certainly tomato season was a huge, you know, celebration for market goers. And as a result, and I know Anne's the same way, I can't eat out of season anymore. You know, if I see squash in the grocery store, I'm not, and it's December, I'm not buying it because it, not just because it came from Chile or wherever, I just, it's just not in season. So what's the future? What do you think? We could never have guessed what was in the future if we went back in time today. You have any ideas about what's going to happen I next? I really don't because I keep wondering how much longer I'm, I'm going to be 76 in May. <laughs> so, you know, you just keep, and I mean, as my husband says, well, what would you do on a Saturday? And I'm like, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> what can you say? <laughs> and as long as I'm in good shape, I mean, I'm, I'll keep at it. But what I, I guess... All I can say is just keep an open mind and and just, you know, you, if, as long as we all watch what's going on, we don't live, you know, I mean, we try to stay current. We do know kind of what's going on yeah. in the world, you know, and um, so I just feel like it, it kind of opens, it, it opens your mind and it sort of just comes to you, you know, you just watch it as it comes. So, Bo... You just must have seen that market grow and expand beyond your possible dreams. Yeah. I mean, there was that. There, there was a lot of energy back then, you know. And, and again, I've already mentioned Jan Roberts and Keith Villery. And um, there were so many people that loved the city back then and contributed to its resurgence. You know, Covington's got a great history, and and I was proud to be a part of it, and and I, I'm you know I hope that I made a bit of a difference. You know. Well, I can tell you from the point of view of someone who has never left, you did make a great difference because any Saturday morning that anybody happens by that busy, bustling 
downtown green. Your mark is still there, Bo, and we're all so grateful for the work that you did. Well, thank you very much. That means a lot to me, I promise. This has been just the loveliest time. I'm so glad to have had this chance to sit down with my dear friends from the Covington Farmers Market. Thank you, ladies. Oh, it was our pleasure. Loved it. It was really fun. It's really fun going down memory lane. Yeah, really. Bo Gallup, Jan Biggs, and Anne McKenzie Mellon speaking with us about the Covington Farmers Market. The market is in operation every Saturday from 8 a.m. to noon at 609 North Columbia Street. You can catch the second market on Wednesdays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on the Covington Trailhead. Visit CovingtonFarmersMarket.net to learn more. Big thanks to our sponsor, Visit the North Shore, where you can discover world-class culinary flavors and so much more. Experience the bounty of the bayou and rich culture from award-winning chefs, soulful mom-and-pop restaurants, extraordinary bakers, and creative mixologists. To learn more, request the Explore the North Shore Visitor Guide for inspirational stories, custom itineraries, and event information at visitthenorthshore.com. St. Tammany Parish, Louisiana's Easy Escape, just 40 minutes from New Orleans' French Quarter. Music for this podcast comes from Frames in Motion and National Trist. It was produced by Joe Schreiner for Poppy Tooker Broadcasting.